Hello, everybody, and welcome to Battle City Broads, our Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast, where we watch and review every single episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters, as well as talk about plenty of other Yu-Gi-Oh! related things along the way. My name is Jenny. And my name is Ellie. And today we're doing the latter part of that intro sentence, because we are not reviewing Yu-Gi-Oh! episodes. We're bringing you a fun little bonus episode to vary things up a little bit this week. And we are talking about the best thing in the world, which is Vidya James, <laughs> also known as Video Games, <laughs> my lifeblood. For those of you who aren't gamer girls like us, hashtag gamer girls, sipping on my monster energy. Let me just translate some of that that professional lingo right there. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so we have a bit of a like scheduling gap where the next episodes that we're going to be recording. Um, we needed to like, leave some time because we're going to have a guest, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, basically we needed to do a bonus episode and we were trying to come up with something and we had thought of, why don't we just talk a little bit about the weird and wild world that is Yu-Gi-Oh! video games. So this one is going to be kind of a loose and not super structured episode. We're going to talk only a little bit about different games that we've played Mm -hmm. It's not going to be a super detailed history of Yu-Gi-Oh! games or anything like that, because there's definitely places out there that you can go for that that are more extensive than us. Let's just put it this way. This is not my area of Yu-Gi-Oh! expertise, but because I do have that, you know, like, I feel that I have a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! expertise, but in specific things that are not this I will say there's there are two games we're going to discuss that I will say I got pretty into and I feel pretty comfortable talking about. But um, other than that, it's mostly a fun adventure through some of the wacky stuff that they've made games about. But before we get into Yu-Gi-Oh! specific games, Ellie, mm -hmm. and I already know the answer to this, but I want our lovely listeners to get a sense. What is your experience with video games? Like you, So you do consider yourself a gamer girl? Um, I would say... No, I do not consider myself a gamer, <laughs> but only for specific things. Like a couple, there's a couple of very specific video game franchises that I consider myself to have like expert level knowledge on, and those would be Fire Emblem. Mm -hmm. I have played almost every Fire Emblem game, currently in the process of like trying to finish them all. Um, and then Pokemon, but only discounting the last like two generations or so I haven't really been able mm -hmm. to get into but the earlier eras of Pokemon I used to be massively into the Pokemon fandom and in kind of a parallel perhaps to my relationship with Yu-Gi-Oh I care a lot about the lore and story of Pokemon which is not exactly what most people are playing Pokemon for. Respect though it's actually pretty cool lore. I was like having opinions on which gym leader you should ship with which other gym leader in live journal Pokemon fan communities in like 2010 so that's where I'm coming from. <laughs> so advanced. But, so Pokemon Fire Emblem. Yeah Pokemon Fire Emblem and The Sims um, specifically The Sims 2 and then I have also also experienced um, a variety of visual novel type games like I'm a big Ace Attorney fan but I don't really mm -hmm. count those because I don't consider it to be the same type of thing as like a video game but yeah I um you may have noticed a common thing here which is that I I don't enjoy video games that require any kind of like hand-eye coordination or reflexes so if you can yeah fast-paced combat yeah if you can mm -hmm. lose the game because you didn't press a button fast i don't want to play it which cuts off like 95 percent of popular video <laughs> games so i'm just like no i'm just not interested in it i don't know i was just was never particularly good at that as a kid i just didn't really want to challenge myself to do it and now i'm kind of like I'm just not going to attempt to, like, get into this hobby because I know that it would be, like, time-consuming and I don't feel like it would be worth it, you know? Totally fair. No, totally makes sense. Probably healthy and better in the long run. There are so many video games that I played when I was younger, but I only played, like, the first four levels because when I was 12 or 13, I still had ambitions that I would learn to like <laughs> games where you have to press button fast. <laughs> You'd hit the, like, difficulty spike and be like, nah, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah, I remember, I think I gave up on, like, the second boss in Kingdom Hearts. Uh, 
I'm pretty sure Kingdom Hearts is supposed to actually be, like, pretty hard, though. I have no idea. I've actually never played Kingdom Hearts or Final Fantasy. Those are two game series that I actually, like, own at least one game from the series, but I've not gotten around to playing yet. Well, I was trying to play Kingdom Hearts because the girl I had a crush on in middle school was really into it, and I wanted to understand her Axel Roxas Yaoi fanfiction on DeviantArt. <laughs> Man, I haven't even played that game, and I know what's going on there. <laughs> I feel like I rambled a lot for someone whose answer to do you like video games was not really. So why don't you <laughs> go ahead? Sure. No, it's my turn for a ramble. So it's very interesting because I think I actually have in many ways the opposite gaming experience as you because I am actually quite the gamer girl. I game quite a bit, but I didn't start really gaming. I've been gaming since I was a wee lass, but when I was younger, I only played two or three like computer-based games and that's Diablo 2 any game from the Civilization series or Warcraft 3. And that's just because, like, my dad and, like, other members of my family, we would all play it together. And then my junior year prom, I won a raffle for an Xbox 360. Hell yeah. And I've been addicted to gaming ever since. And so I can say with some certainty that I, I've played a lot of video games. Honestly, probably dipped my toe into at least try it every kind of genre out there like mmorpgs dating sims first person shooters um like civilization and city building games i like mm -hmm. turn-based stuff i've tried a little bit of everything i definitely have my favorites i'm a huge fan of single player rpgs but i, I don't really have the same sort of like uh, there's very few series that i would consider myself having extensive knowledge in i think the only thing where i like have close to encyclopedic knowledge on a video game series is the Mass Effect series, which mm -hmm. is a way more recent series. But something that will come up through this is that, like I mentioned, I was only playing like computer games. We actually, my family's only had Macs, so um, I was limited to games that could be played on a Mac, which is very limited. <laughs> so I didn't have any sort of like Nintendo consoles, no Game any Boys, yeah. Xbox, any handheld consoles until, yet again, until after I got my 360. I have one now, I have a Nintendo Switch. Um, Xbox 360, I didn't have, like, an Xbox, I didn't have uh, old Playstations. Like, my first console was an Xbox 360, then I got a PS4, then I got a Nintendo Switch. Nice. So, I have yeah. really extensive knowledge of modern stuff, and I'm, I would say I'm actually a pretty skilled gamer. My one claim to fame is that I have made money playing video games before. I got <laughs> third in a Mass Effect multiplayer tournament, and I got $50 in Xbox cash, so professional gamer. <laughs> But yeah, but I'm, wow. I'm like a relatively skilled gamer. Like I'm, I definitely am not like Twitch good or whatever. But I, I, I am a skilled gamer. But my knowledge of older video games is incredibly bad. We have very different knowledge areas then, because my video game first console was the Game Boy Advance that came bundled with Pokemon Crystal. Even though Pokemon Crystal is a Game Boy Color game. Like, I mean, I know the Game Boy Advance could play Game Boy Color, but it, I still have always thought that's, like, a weird marketing decision. But that was, like, I, that was my birthday present for my eighth birthday or ninth birthday or something like that. And I remember yeah. I was just like, this is the greatest shit of all time. <laughs> um, and I stayed loyal to the Nintendo handhelds. And um, as a kid, I also had a PS2, which I asked my parents to buy for me specifically so I could play Neopets, the darkest fairy from the PS2. Oh, fuck yeah. Wait, is darkest fairy, is that the purple haired fairy who was evil? She's the darkest fairy. She was original character who was created to be the main character of that oh. game. What was the purple haired fairy from Neopets called again? You're thinking of Judora, I think. She's the one that was dating Illusin, not really. But yes, like, Judora's the one who gives you quests and who's definitely like Sundere for Illusin, yes. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Thank you for backing up my Neopets lore. But yeah, so yeah, it's it's really interesting because it's like even like though we have very different experiences with video games now, I think we like cover a lot of gaps in each other's knowledge yeah. because yet again, people know that I'm a pretty avid gamer. So they'll talk to me as though they're like, oh, do you remember when this game was on like Game Boy or like the old PlayStation? And I'm like, no. <laughs> so now that we've established our video game history and levels of expertise, let's yeah. talk about video games that were made with Yu-Gi-Oh! in mind, or Yu-Gi-Oh! Yes. brand video games. Yes, official Yu-Gi-Oh! games, because this was this is a series which is centered around gaming, so it was only natural that they would make a video game based on it. At least one. And in fact, they have made many, many video games based on it. So how do we want to do this um, structure-wise? Should we go chronologically? Yes, let's go chronologically, and we'll basically say if we played it or not, there'll be lots of no's, and then just like 
you know, riff a bit if we haven't. Just be like, I wonder what that's about. Or you can, I know you did some more research than I did, so you can tell me any fun facts you learned about the yeah. game. I mean, I did research, by which I mean I watched, like, one YouTube video that was called The History of Yu-Gi-Oh! Video Games and just listened to what these people were saying about them. So, I mean, I'll link to this in the show notes if you guys are interested. It was very in-depth. And I have um, a list that includes, you know, like, release date information, all that kind of stuff from the wiki. It also includes, uh, if possible, sales information, so how many copies it sold, some of which surprised me. Are you on official Yu-Gi-Oh! related games on yugioh.fandom.com, or are you on the Wikipedia list of Yu-Gi-Oh! games? Um, I'm on both, because I'm on a whole nother level. I'm switching between them, depending on what information I want. Okay, excuse me. I don't think I'm going to be on that level. Oh, I see the Wikipedia. Let's use the Wikipedia list. Smart. And then let's just talk about the ones that are, like, actually notable. Fair. So the very first thing on this list is, says, the first few of these are Japan-only games. So we are not going to have any personal experience with these. So this is just us kind of commenting on interesting facts, I guess. Mm -hmm. And um, the first of these is called Yu-Gi-Oh! Monster Capsule Breed and Battle. And it was for the original PlayStation, and it came out in 1998, which is actually, I feel like that's earlier than I anticipated that a Yu-Gi-Oh! video game would come out. It just proves that the series was at least a little big before it even finished. Yeah. I am so fucking jealous that they got a Capsule Monsters game. If you listen to our Season Zero stuff, you've heard that Capsule Monsters is the game that I would most want to play you know, if I was in the Yu-Gi-Oh! universe, and, like, I just think it's very cute and fun. Yeah, um, I think it's so interesting that they got the Capsule Monsters, that the Capsule Monsters game came before the Dual Monsters game, Mm -hmm. because it just shows how up in the air everything was in, like, the early manga era. Yeah. Which one are we gonna monetize? Which game are we gonna get the big bucks from? (laughs) Which it turned out that it was, of course, Dual Monsters, and then six months later was... Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters for the Game Boy. Again, another Japan-exclusive one, but that was in December of 1998, and it sold really well. And actually, so according to um, a YouTube comment that I read, not sure if this is a 100% accurate source, but they sounded like they knew what they were talking about. Mm -hmm. I think that this was actually before the actual trading card game had, like, been finalized and come out huh interesting so it was almost a middle step between the manga and the tcg as we know it now where they finalize like more of the rules from the kind of loose and not balanced to work very well as a real game version that it was in the early manga if that makes sense Mm -hmm. because it sold so well in japan so i think that's really interesting oh that's really cool I think it's interesting because the monster capsule breed in battle, I think that's clearly trying to like riff off of Pokemon a bit. Probably. I didn't think of that. But you're They're right. probably just like, oh, maybe there's room for that in the market. But turns out there was a big card game shaped hole in the Japanese public that Yu-Gi-Oh found and filled. I didn't think about the Pokemon. That 1998 was definitely, that's the height of the Pokemon craze. So yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely correct. Next one. The next thing that I think is relevant here is I'm going to skip over Duel Monsters 2, Dark Duel Stories. One thing that I'm pretty sure we're going to encounter is that there are a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! video games and a lot of them are basically just, in this one, you duel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But then the next one that I think is notable is Yu-Gi-Oh! Forbidden Memories for the PlayStation. Yes. This was the first that was also released in America, although interestingly... It didn't get an American release until like three or four years after it came out in Japan. Mm -hmm. And what I think is interesting about this one is, and I want to, I'm going to say this in the least spoilery way that I possibly can. Which is so difficult. But that I think you will understand if you have knowledge of the end of like the whole Yu-Gi-Oh! series. The plot of this game is set in ancient Egypt and is almost like a dry run um or like beta version alternate version of the plot of like the memory world arc that is a perfect way to describe it and actually so i have not played this game obviously i did not Mm -hmm. own a game boy or anything playstation ps1 or playstation sorry 
actually this awakened when I was doing research for this episode. I have seen a playthrough of this game because a lot of people think the lore is very funny. Yes. And yet again, I will say this in a way that is non-spoilery, but it has certain characters that do not actually appear in the manga or anime that people find very interesting. That's all I can say. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to say as well, is that this is a game that, even though I wasn't, I didn't play this as a kid, I've known about this game for a really long time because it was something that would often get brought up in, like, lore discussions on the fanfic and story side of the fandom, which is, of course, what I've been more involved in Mm -hmm. than, like, the card game stuff. Um, According to the video that I watched where somebody who is like a professional player of the Yu-Gi-Oh card game reviewed all these games. Apparently it's very weirdly balanced. Oh. Like it doesn't, the, the rules don't seem to go very well, but he was kind of like, it's still really fun and you have to give him credit for having like a story. Basically like, don't play this one if you're looking for something that feels like the TCG, but it is fun. So. Interesting. I would be interested in one day... I will probably track down a playthrough of this and like read through it just to experience the lore, but it's not something that I have it's, ever... It's very funny. You said it perfectly in that it's literally like a beta. Like if you've read the end of the manga, you'll be like, this is familiar, but everything is slightly off. Yeah, I think it actually... I mean, this came out before the end of the manga. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that Kazuki Takahashi would have had input on the storyline and been able to like veto aspects of yeah. it or give them ideas for it. So... I remember I remember seeing a while back, and I'm sorry, but I'm not 100% sure who posted this somewhere on Tumblr, and I'll see if I can dig it up. Somebody was talking about having, they, they had a theory that like, there were scrapped concepts for the Memory World arc that you can see hints at in this game. Ooh. Because the Memory World arc was cut short and is a little rushed, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, we'll get to that in season five. But this person was like theorizing that you could see some of the cut concepts that would have been in the full memory world arc if Takahashi hadn't had to cut it short, like in this game, which I found very interesting. And I'm like, I can't dispute that. Yeah, I also, it is I, I don't want to settle on it too long, but I also think it's, it is interesting because not only did we, was there probable input from the mangaka, but there was also this level of it pieces together the hints that you get about ancient Egypt and what happened in ancient Egypt in like a way that is still fits with the knowledge that was present at the time that was canon at the time. Yes. Yeah, totally. But I don't want to talk too much about this game because there are some other games I'm excited to talk about. So let's. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about games we've actually played. Yeah. So the first thing on here that I have played, that I think either of us have played. Can I skip right to it? Two things before we skip, because I know what you're saying, I think, is there is a Dungeon Dice Monsters game, which Dice Monsters has not been introduced, but that's very fucking funny to me. I think they were like, oh, okay, yes, let's, try and, let's try and get another game in there. Um, And then another quick note is that Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters 4, which is just the fourth in the Duel Monsters series, um, was apparently the best-selling Game Boy Color game in all of Japan. It sold, like... 2.5 million copies in japan and it had three different versions like a pokemon game but it was like the yugi version the joey version the kaiba version i desperately want to know which version sold the most but i could not find information on it but catch me going getting the fucking joey deck like it's my job wow that's wild that this game outsold pokemon um gold silver crystal Mm-hmm. So that's that's just my little fun fact before we get to the next game that you... Our first game on the list that one of us has actually played. Thank you for bringing some gamer expertise. Yes, I um had this game as a kid. I still have it. I have it right here. I'm holding the cartridge up oh, right cool. now. You will see that it does not have the sticker on it. Peeled away long ago. You no, know, it's because when I was a child, my first video game was Pokemon Crystal, and then my second video game was Pokemon Sapphire, mm-hmm. and then my third video game was, like, probably, like, Fire Emblem Sacred Stones or something like that. So, based on my limited sample size of only having three video games and the original Pokemon games having those, like, colored cartridges, I thought you were supposed to take off the sticker And then once I got games that weren't Pokemon games and realized that everything that isn't a Pokemon game has the same, like, color, I was just like, I've committed to this. So all of my games that I had as a kid, I carefully peeled off the sticker, 
put the sticker on my Game Boy Advance carrying case, and then wrote the name of the game in Sharpie on the cartridge. Fuck yeah, that's so advanced. <laughs> that's such a kid thing to be like, I just have to do this. It, at some point, when I think when I was like 17 or 18, I was like, this is so stupid. Why did I do this? And I like... The stickers that were, like, salvageable, I really, really carefully peeled them back off of that case and reattached them with glue and stuff. But some of them were unsalvageable, like this. So, yeah, this is Yu-Gi-Oh! The Eternal Duelist Soul. And um, the game play is basically just the TCG. Like, it's not, there's not really any super big differences or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Sets a theme for a lot of future Yu-Gi-Oh! games is it's just the TCG. (laughs) You literally just boot it up and it's like, build a deck and duel. There's no story. It's just a long series of opponents who are characters from the game. So, like, the very first person you fight is Yugi because he's a good boy and he's going easy on you to, like, ease you into the game. He's like, let me teach you. So he's the weakest opponent. And then um, you, I think the second person that you fight is, like, Tristan. Mm -hmm. And then you just progress through increasingly tougher and tougher and tougher opponents until you get to the top level. And I think the most powerful opponents are Pegasus and then the, like, number one top duelist is grandpa which is kind of funny. oh that that's not fully i didn't fully expect that i was like oh it's gonna be like yami or kaiba maybe that's so fun no yeah yami is like up there but i think he's actually below some of the villain characters Makes i think sense. that like yami bakura and stuff are above him yeah lots of the villains have way more busted cards so that actually kind of makes sense Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this game, another thing that's kind of cool about this game is that, well, apparently, I didn't remember this, but I saw it on the box art when I Googled it. It came with several actual physical TCG cards, and that if you had, if you owned a card, the card in real life, there was a, like, code bank where you could open it up and you could put in the code on the card, and you would, like, get the card in the game. So you could put your real-life deck into the game if you wanted, which is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. So, do you do you remember liking it a lot as a kid? How did you like it compared to other games? I feel like, I mean, if there's no plot... I just remember playing it. I don't really have, like, strong memories associated with this game. I just know that I played it, and I remember enjoying it to a reasonable amount. But I think that I don't really have super strong memories because I didn't... Because it didn't have a plot. Yeah, I was gonna say, it's just a card game. So I'm sure it was enjoyable, yeah, exactly. but, like, there's nothing to remember. It was fun. Like, I had fun. I don't, I'm pretty sure I didn't ever beat it, but I think I got, like, reasonably far in. A little more than halfway through or something. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're looking for a game with a plot, the next game that came out certainly doesn't lack for plot. I'm sorry, was there more you wanted to say, or? Oh, no. Well, um, can we jump out of chronological order very briefly? Okay. Because I wanted to say that I also had... The other Game Boy Advance Yu-Gi-Oh! game that I had as a kid was Yu-Gi-Oh! Worldwide Edition Stairway to the Destined Duel, which is a mouthful of a title. Great title, though. It is exactly the same, but more. Like, they run on the same engine, and they have the same graphics. They just have, there's some different cards, and, like, opponents you're dueling are different. It's just more of the same thing. I had both of them, but this is my story. My copy of Worldwide Edition Stairway to the Destined Duel is in some way busted so that it cannot save. Like, every oh, time no. you play it, you have to start from the beginning. So I would play Eternal Duelist Soul more, but then sometimes I would just boot up Stairway to the Destined Duel and be like, let's see how far I can get in, like, one session. It's like an endurance challenge. You're like, I just gotta see how far I can get in this goddamn game. I would just be like... Maybe this time it'll save. <laughs> it never did. Could you have not? I don't know how those machines worked back then. Could you have just like kept it charging and kept it on the whole time? Or, um, I mean, not on the original Game Boy Advance because it was actual batteries rather than a charging cable. Oh, so if the battery ran out, it was just like you're fucked. It took AA batteries, mm. so you have to turn it off in order to put the batteries back in. But I guess I could have done so on the SP, but like that would have required me not playing any of my other games so it wasn't very practical so i didn't ever attempt didn't have the dedication i get it because i had the other one that did save so you're like i think i'll just play the Yu-Gi-Oh game that lets me fucking save my progress which i think is actually pretty reasonable (laughs) but yeah that's just a little story i have and i don't have anything else to say about stary to the destined duel so i think and now we can go back to the other we can go back because after Yu-Gi-Oh the eternal duel of soul 
there was probably the best concept for not a Yu-Gi-Oh game, a uh, best concept for a video game of all time. <laughs> um, the infamous Yu-Gi-Oh Duelist of the Roses. And so this is a pretty I think about this game a lot. <laughs> pretty interesting title. Um so the concept for this game is what if we had the characters from Yu-Gi-Oh in a loosely based version of the War of the Roses, a series, a basically civil war fought between House Lancaster and York in over control of England in the 15th century. You know, normal. What if Yami Yugi was actually um, Henry VII, um, the father of Henry VIII, the infamous... The King of England. King of England and infamous <laughs> wife-haver, so his father. Um, and what if Seto Kaiba was the head of the York clan but instead of being like an actual confirmed historical figure he was a man named christian rosencruz who is actually like an allegorical legendary founder of like a religious order from germany oh, i didn't actually even know this i'm on wiki looking at him right now he's like a king arthur type figure for like german protestant aristocrats he's not like a real guy from that period so and he's the head of the yorkists um so what if they were fighting um they were also druids yeah, and you're you're a person from the modern world mm-hmm. who gets isekai'd into this Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> this story. is the original isekai. No, there are isekais way before that, obviously. Um, then and they're like, you must choose who are you going to side with, Yugi's house or Kaiba's house? Did it before Fire Emblem Fates. Yes. Your heart out. <laughs> so it, it has everything. It has you're dueling at Stonehenge. Um, Seto in his. I'd other identity as Christian Rosencruz is like summoning Welsh gods of battle. Kaiba has this sick shoulder armor that's shaped like a giant dragon. The costumes are legitimately really cool. And it's very funny because they clearly were just hicking from random parts of British history. But it's interesting because it's like, it's one of those cases where it's like, okay, you did your research, but you did not give a shit for the time period. Like there weren't druids in 15th century England. Okay, I'm sorry. There might have been druids, but- They also didn't have magical dual monsters cards in the 1500s, but I understand what you're getting at. Yes. So they're like doing rituals at Stonehenge. Um, also, very interesting, when I was looking, re-looking up the summary from this game, I've seen random clips of it. Apparently, it's actually linked to Forbidden Memories, the ancient Egypt game. Like, apparently, yeah. like, mm-hmm. the villains are not quite the same, but they're related, and they do, like, callbacks to Forbidden Memories. So it's, like, part of the same universe, kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think the idea is, well, we did the version of them that was in ancient Egypt, so what if there was also a version of them in another time period? And I guess they just picked the Wars of the Roses because it seemed interesting. Mm-hmm. Which is wild, but also a lot of fun and has a lot of fun implications if you want to, like, take that idea and be like, oh, you know, they were resurrected in, like, the 1500s. But yeah, the, um, I had this game as a kid also. Mm -hmm. I still have it somewhere downstairs, I think. It was apparently pretty successful because the version I have was the version that was reprinted under the PlayStation 2 Greatest Hits line, which was a thing they did with, like, wow. some of the more popular PlayStation games just got re-releases with this red banner that said, like, Greatest Hits on them, I think. But that's, I mean, that's what my copy is, so it must have been a fairly popular I think game. we just have to establish that, like, I would pay money to speak Japanese and then be in the, like, pitch room for when the idea for this game was pitched. Okay, <laughs> We've done ancient Egypt. Let's do a medieval game. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. Hear me out. Wars of the Roses. <laughs> Honestly, Japanese history class must be really fucking good if they knew that. Because, like, I don't think most, like, Americans or even British people know this much stuff about the War of the Roses. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I learned about the Wars of the Roses from this video game. It's, it's pretty niche. Like, in even in terms of, literally in terms of English civil conflict, I would not even consider it one of the top three English civil wars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think if you say the Wars of the Roses to me, this is probably like the first thing that I think of is this game because it's not like a super it's educational prominent historical event just to me. Exactly. But, um, it's it's very fun concept. Like most people you say that and they're like, what are you talking about? And you're like, oh, you know, Henry VIII is his dad. It's like the conflict that put his dad on the throne. And people are like, oh, okay, I didn't even know there was a war. So it's like, well, did you know that Yu-Gi-Oh was there? <laughs> <laughs> well did you know yeah, that exactly. yugi moto and friends all these times i've had that conversation but yeah so i in terms of gameplay it is 
weird because it's not actually like the card game at all, which I mm. think is why I never beat it as a kid. I, I don't I never got very far. I only got through the first couple of levels. I mean, I never got as far in most of my PlayStation games as a kid. I have a whole I had so many PS2 games that I played a little bit and then like never beat. I, I'm pretty sure I must have had I must have had at least a dozen PS2 games for my PS2 as a kid, and I am positive that the only ones I ever like 100% completed were Neopets: The Darkest Fairy and the officially licensed <laughs> Ratatouille video game, which I owned for some reason. Now, Leveo. <laughs> In the Ratatouille game, do you like control? The, are you the rat and you control the man? You are Remy. Yes, you are Remy the rat. And it is like a, it's like a 3D platformer, basically. Where you're like running around as the rat and you have to do a bunch of challenges. I love that. That's literally genius. You just go through the plot of Ratatouille, basically. Anyway, but so I never beat um, Duelist of the Roses, but the mechanic is like, it's almost like if you imagining a cross between like chess or like a fire emblem type thing and Duel Monsters, because you're... You have a deck and then you draw the cards, but then when you play the card, they're summoned onto this grid field and you have to like move them around and they go towards your opponent and they have to like attack your opponent's monsters by like moving around on a grid. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of interesting. It actually reminds me a little bit of in the episode you heard last week, we talked a bit about the labyrinth duel um, oh yes, with yes. The, against the Paradox Brothers where they have to like move their monsters around on this grid and... It kind of reminded me of that. I think it's a bit huh. similar. Interesting. But yeah, so you pick one of two routes. You side with either Yugi or Kaiba, and then you help them conquer England and France, I guess. And you Fuck just go around yeah. and you just duel various characters from the Yu-Gi-Oh! series who are lords of either, on either the Lancastrian or the um, Tudor side. Lancaster or York. Lancaster and Tudor are kind of the same thing. Yeah, sorry, my bad. Yeah, I... I know that, but I just misspoke. Um, so yeah, so just fascinating concept. Also, one last thing to touch on that you already sort of touched on, but I do love the idea, and this is sort of backed by um, filler arcs that we'll be talking about later, that there were many reincarnations or the characters, some of the characters, if not all of the characters, have appeared in different capacities over time. I'm a huge sucker for, like, reincarnation stories, too. Interesting. I love that. I pe think people probably ran with that, but, like, I love the idea that, like, every hundred years, these bitches came and just caused some trouble. So... After after this, I'm looking through the list and there's just a bunch of like generic looking dual games or or there's some dual games. There's some like there's like world championship dual monsters. Just a quick, very funny thing I want to point out. There's a series of games called Yu-Gi-Oh! Power of Chaos that looks like another is just the card game. But there's three versions. There's Yu-Gi-Oh! The Destiny, Joey the Passion, and Kaiba the Revenge. So yet again, just love those three version Pokemon-ass versioning. <laughs> yeah, very good names. I want to get to the first game that I played, which is surprisingly early for a reason. Can I back up a second? There is another... There's another Game Boy Advance game that I need okay, to Okay, there's one Game Boy Advance game I actually need to mention. This is, a, yeah, the Sacred Cards. Oh, yes, yes. That came out 2002. All right. Yes, I don't have the Sacred Cards. I do have its sequel, Yu-Gi-Oh! Reshef of Destruction, which is another, it's... Oh, that's a pretty famous one. They were on, like, it's the same engine. Uh -huh. um, I got this game a couple years ago, I think. I was just at some, like, thrift store or something, and it was on sale, or an anime convention bargain bin. It was something like that, where I was like, oh, this is on sale for really cheap. I'll just get this, because it's Yu-Gi-Oh!, and, like, maybe I'll play it eventually. So I did not play this as a kid, and I've never actually played it. It's another sort of dueling game, but it has an actual plot, and you have little sprites where you can walk yourself. You are this little character, and you walk around in an overworld, and you're friends with Yugi and Joey, and they like little Yugi and Joey sprites cute. follow you around and stuff. It's it's very cute. Um, I tried to play it briefly. I remembered that I owned this this morning, and I was like, I'm gonna try and play it. Turned it on, could not figure out how it works. Like, th there's no tutorial. You start a new game, and it's just like fucking go. And I'm like, I don't have the manual. I don't know how to play this. And I was like, I'm too lazy to look up the controls and like how to play. No, the literally, game. just not like, worth it. Just not worth it. Maybe I'm I'm spoiled by modern conveniences, but I expect a game to like teach me how it works if I pick a new game. That's <laughs> but, true. That's true. I don't and know, it's like it seemed like it was. 
it seemed like it was keeping that I still had access to the full deck of like the previous save file because I also looked at the previous save file and so I think it was putting me into some kind of like new game plus scenario where it was maybe just skipping a tutorial that was already there but I was like I don't know what I'm doing (laughs) whatever and then according to a video that I watched Sacred Cards fun its sequel Rush F of Destruction is apparently like obnoxiously difficult everybody it's infamous for being the hardest Yu-Gi-Oh game and for being like way harder than sacred cards so of course that's the one I have so I was like yeah I'm never gonna play this <laughs> I was gonna say I, I I had heard it before so that must be how I heard it as people were just like yeah it's like a, at least it's not rush of, of destruction and all that kind of stuff but it's so interesting oh uh, funny but yeah I have it right here cool all right well skipping ahead a couple years so I have actually sort of played, I've played like a couple hours of one Game Boy Advance Yu-Gi-Oh game, and that is Yu-Gi-Oh GX Dual Academy. And we're going to be skipping over the GX and 5Ds game because we want to get to the actual games that we've played more recently. And there's just like a ton of them that we know nothing about, especially because we've never watched 5Ds and only I've watched GX. But I do want to touch yeah. on this briefly. I had a friend in late elementary school, early middle school that had a Game Boy Advance. She was my Yu-Gi-Oh buddy. Um, so like she dressed up as the Dark Magician girl for Halloween and she like drew oh, art of all the so characters. Cute. Yeah, it was super cute. And she she was like, hey, there's like this new... And I had actually not seen gx yet i didn't even know what it was i had no idea what like anime was i was just watching Yu-Gi-Oh. and so like i was playing and i was like who are these people what do you mean there's a dual school like what are you talking about also <laughs> you fight Jaden. you're it's another case where it's like you're the new boy and it uh, a first tick is like it explicitly was like you're the new boy they explicitly were like you're a guy which is like my yeah i hate that in games when they're like oh my you're god a dude. they force you to be a dude in rush f of destruction too i started it up yeah i started it up and it didn't ask me to pick a gender and the sprite is like very gender neutral so i was like oh cool they're just gonna like not refer to me by gender but then it calls me a dude i was like i'm so mad in dual academy you don't even have a sprite they're just talking to you like there's no sprite at all because you're not it's not like you're never move around in the game it's just you going from duel to duel but it still calls you a guy that's so annoying i don't mind playing guy characters it's totally fine especially if they have an actual character but it's annoying when it's like there's no reason for you to do that but anyway so tick number one um, tick number two, you fight Jaden kind of early and he's so fucking hard. And I, I didn't know who he was yet. I didn't know he was the protagonist of the next one. And so I was like, I hate this guy. I hate this guy. Fuck this guy. <laughs> and I started watching GX. He's the protagonist of GX. And I was like, it took me a while. He actually is a good character, but it took me a while to, to like him. But you just couldn't get your game on, Jenny. A lot of the original DS games I'm looking through were actually GX ga- games. There's lots of GX yeah. games now. It's kind of the era that you get to where it starts being GX because that's the, the version that was current at the time. It's five years of GX. Then 2009-2010, we enter the 5Ds era, which I know even less about except for the fact that they are on motorcycles. Yeah. That's also all I know about 5Ds. We start getting some Zexel in 2013. No, I don't even know shit about Zexel. I know more about Zexel than I do about 5Ds. Is that the one with the alien who's glowing? Yes, it is. I watched the first, like, (laughs) ten episodes of Zexel when they were coming out, and then I watched the, like, last three episodes of Zexel because someone on Tumblr told me, like, it's really gay, and I was like, I gotta see this. (laughs) That alien and that boy are in love, Jenny. It's crazy. (laughs) Good for them. All right, so... Basically, up until 2015, I don't recognize any of these, lots of 5Ds content. There's one or two games where it's like, okay, yeah, you can duel multiple people. Um, The first new video game and the video game that I actually played um, with Yu-Gi-Oh! that I would say I got a little extensive in was Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duelist. It was released on PlayStation 4. And it's just another classic, you're dueling people from across the series. So obviously... I see 2015, it says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was a nice. PlayStation release. It was on the PlayStation Network. Um, It had... uh, So there was a story campaign, loose events from the series. So it's like... But it doesn't include a lot of minor villains. So it's like... It's a lot yeah, of the like major duels. It's like a loose duels. retelling of the anime. Exactly. Yeah, I remember people talking about this when it came out. Like, I remember seeing screenshots and stuff. My personal favorite thing to do in Yu-Gi-Oh! video games... And we're going to finish up uh, this episode with what we think makes a good Yu-Gi-Oh! video game, but I actually think Yu-Gi-Oh! video games are at their best. Okay, I think there's a lot of potential with having a new character that you're playing as, or like a player insert, but I think Mm -hmm. some of the best Yu-Gi-Oh! video games are ones where you are playing 
as Yugi. <laughs> and, yeah, or, that like, totally makes sense. As Yu-Gi-Oh characters. It doesn't even have to be as Yugi and like just getting to like redo duels in like fun ways. Um, So you get to do that. There was, I actually, in this version, I never played against other people. I only did the story campaign and I thought it was pretty fun. It highlighted a lot of my favorite duels and all of that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So that that's actually one of the things. It's because when... That's kind of what kickstarted my like return to oh yeah I really like Yu-Gi-Oh and got me like really back into the nostalgia. Nice. So I have a, I have a big soft spot for it. Like if you have the Duelist. Um but there is one game that I know we both played extensively and that is one that came out a year later. Oh yes. It is technically available on computer but I know we both played the mobile version and yes. that is the the great the terrible Yu-Gi-Oh Duel Links. Uh Duel Links. I played this religiously for about 2 years. I actually still have it on my phone though I haven't opened it in like 3 Same. to 4 years. Same. But I I fucking loved Yu-Gi-Oh Duel Links. <laughs> to to clarify for our listeners, so Yu-Gi-Oh Duel Links it's a mobile based game. It's kind of the best of both worlds because you actually basically, you collect the characters. You had to basically unlock different Yu-Gi-Oh characters, like characters from the Yu-Gi-Oh yeah. anime. And then you could sort of play as them, but your your deck wasn't linked to what character you played. Um, they sometimes had special animations or special lines. Each character has, a, has special abilities and the abilities have a lot of... Um, I believe that, like, nowadays, um, there's definitely been, like, power creep and some people have got, like, really weird and complicated abilities. I'm not sure. Like I said, I haven't touched Duel Links yeah. since well, around we'll get when into they later. started introducing, like, the 5Ds characters. Exactly. I was like, I don't know who any of these people are, so I'm not very interested in continuing. Also, with 5Ds, they introduced the new types of summoning, which, to me, got way too convoluted and, like, made... They also made dueling really fucking long because you can't skip the animations for, like, complex summoning. Just don't don't even say the word pendulum to me. <laughs> I was avoiding it. I was like, I, I shan't I shan't speak it. Um, but yeah. So basically, but what I was gonna say was. Oh, sorry. Continue. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and finish what you, whatever you were gonna say while I Google something okay. real quick. Basically, you unlocked different characters. Um, and but but you could build your own decks, and you would earn cards by like if you defeated people consistently. You could um, you know, get like the different currencies, unlock decks, all of that kind of stuff. Of course, you could also pay to get more of the currency to get better decks. I don't even want to think about how much money I spent on links over the. I definitely dropped some money too, but it genuinely wasn't that bad if you wanted to to, to do free to play. Yeah. I think that's actually why I spent so much money on it is because it had one of the most fair values for a free-to-play with optional pay mobile game that I've ever seen. Because there are a lot of mobile games where it's like, why would you ever spend $5 to get extra lives in Candy Crush when you could just wait or whatever? Exactly. But um, the Duel Links booster packs were actually pretty reasonably priced. I felt like if I spent $30 on, like, a booster set, I was actually getting, like, a reasonably decent deal for what yeah. I was paying if you thought about, like, what the cards would cost in real life and stuff. If you're sticking to, sticking to the single-player experience, because there was sort of story stuff and lots of stuff to unlock that didn't require a multiplayer play, then, like, it wasn't required at all. It was... Mm-hmm. My main problem with Duel Links is that there was a very strong meta community, and so especially once you got to like the gold tier, like ranked duelists, like if you got good enough, yeah, like there, Kaiba Cup, yeah, yeah, Casey Cup or whatever it was called, you would see the same deck over and over and over again, and that got really tiring. So honestly, my favorite thing to do was wait until the, the all of the advanced people had gotten to the upper levels of the tournament and were just playing the same fucking deck against each other, and I would just try a bunch of different weird decks in the bronze version, and I, I wouldn't really get very far. It was just me and a bunch of other total scrubs, so it was like, I actually had a chance at winning, and I got to try a bunch of, like, fun, interesting stuff, or I got to actually use cards that I liked versus what's the latest meta deck that's broken as hell, but it was still... It was really fun, and a lot of the characters got really good interactions with each other when you like dueled mm-hmm. them in the world. Yes, okay. The lore of duel, the lore of Duel Links is really fun. Mm-hmm. The story concept of Duel Links is actually tied into the Dark Side of Dimensions movie in like a really specific and interesting way, which I can't talk about without completely spoiling the entire premise of Dark Side of Dimensions. But there's stuff in there. Okay. There's like a specific event line in Duel Links that I'm that I have used as like shipping justification fodder. So you're like Duel Links is canon. Duel Links is canon. (laughs) The Duel Links creators support 
said okay but gay thank you very much anyway it was great because there a ton of the characters you unlocked were characters that actually don't duel in duel monsters for example Taya and tristan and like mokuba um they were playable characters and got cool interactions with cards also way more interactions with other duelists it was just it was incredibly fun and like it was a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh games like the most recent game that came out i have played it a bit but I wasn't really into it because you can tell they're they're yeah master duelists right that's the current like, master pop- duel is yeah. the most master recent duel one. yeah that's the one yeah. that's like the most recent one there it's it's good but it's clearly for fans of the card game and especially people that want to play against others but mm-hmm. the thing is like Ellie and I you know we're fans of the show we're fans of the characters and like the yeah. game genuinely can be fun like I had fun playing the game but it was so fun unlocking the different characters and seeing them interact especially characters that normally didn't they would I was shocked by how many got unique dialogue with each other even if they never interacted in the show and I was like this is really in character I was going to say the skills that the characters have in Duel Links, I think, are really, really fun mm-hmm. manifestations of their actual story. Absolutely. You can tell that they really put a lot of thought into um, the character skills. For example, if you level him up all the way, Yami's, Yugi's top skill is called Destiny Draw, and it's that if your life points decrease by 2,000 in one turn, you can just draw whatever card you decide on the next turn, <laughs> um, which is just a really fun, like, you know, it's the heart of the, the, cards. Heart of the cards. I have to get, like, the last thing. Or, like, um, Joey has one that increases his luck on any card where you flip a coin. Mm-hmm. Seto's beatdown. His his starter one is beatdown, which is actually like a pretty consistent skill. If you're already stronger, then you get even stronger. Yeah, exactly. And his top level skill like makes it more likely to have a high power monster in your hand. So that if you're Kaiba, you can do the Kaiba thing where you have blue eyes, white dragons in your hand on like the first turn every time. Yeah, it's... Mai's like a base level skill is the aroma strategy where she knows the next you know the next card you're gonna draw like you just see it which Mm -hmm. is interesting because it it definitely it doesn't give you a huge advantage because you still have to draw it but like but you can plan you can strategize yeah um it's just dual links this is a hot take and i'm sure people who have actually played more Yu-Gi-Oh video games but to me it's one of the best Yu-Gi-Oh video games because it's written by people that like actually understand the characters the dueling is pretty fun they actually made the dueling fun if you never wanted to duel any actual real life person like if you just did single player dueling it's i i it's still for, a lot of i didn't fun. do i didn't do the ranked duels the multiplayer stuff until about like a year and a half in and i didn't need to it is just genuinely fun and they have a lot of good content and like just the character interactions are so good a lot of the events had like pretty good plot obviously you're just dueling the whole time but it was I, honestly i haven't played one better i i'm sure some of the old ones had slightly better plot but man i'm feeling nostalgic yeah and i have no idea like where the meta has gone since then because like i said i haven't played it in ages but i definitely remember that at least in the early years of dual links it was real it was pretty well balanced like there were yes. a lot of these meta decks but it it wasn't that hard with either not spending money or like only spending a little bit of money to make a pretty good deck and making it competitive. And a lot of those like meta decks were really very well balanced against each other. And there was stuff like, mm-hmm. for example, for to run an Exodia deck, in order to have the Exodia cards at all, that's just a skill that you use on yep. Yugi called Grandpa's Cards. And it tells you what skill your opponent is using at the beginning of the game. So you know right away that your opponent is running Exodia. So you can like begin to set up for that and also of course because the goal is to draw exodia it is automatically he's has five more cards than um the minimum amount of cards you'd be able to have in your deck so it makes those searching strategies a little harder but there's just it was just a lot of little things like that little things that were like altered from the card game and and to clarify the early meta at least it was not unplayable in terms of like it's insanely difficult to me it was just boring because the most fun for me dueling other people was being like oh my gosh i've never played decks with these cards before like i've seen these cards Mm -hmm. it was it was like legitimately fun to me to almost have the Yu-Gi-Oh anime experience of playing somebody and they use a card and i'm like i actually have no idea what this card does i need to like read it really quickly but then like the turns were time so that i was like fuck oh my god i have to actually kind of think of my feet and Weirdly, it gave me some sympathy for in the Yu-Gi-Oh! anime when they're like, I don't know what that does, so I'm just going to attack. Because sometimes, literally, I had to do that because I was like, fuck, I don't know. I don't really know any of the cards they're <laughs> yeah, playing. Because totally. there were a lot of, they started with a lot of content. T- to me, that was the most, that's, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. So many, uh, 
this is dangerous. I feel like I'm getting nostalgic enough that I can open, I'm about to open the app up. But actually, no, I'll be immediately deterred because I think they're on fucking Arc V5 now or Arc V. Was it Arc V or Arc 5? <laughs> they're on I'm like pretty some... sure it's, it's Arc V because um, a few weeks ago I watched like a really long YouTube video where somebody explains the whole plot of Arc V. <laughs> okay, so then you're certain that it's Arc V, uh, but I'll be immediately turned off because I'll be like, I don't know any of you bitches. I'm out of here. But I maybe want to check in on my on my old school Yu-Gi-Oh boys. But anyway, we've been talking for a while and i we've pretty much gone over our experience with yugo video games they're seriously about 40 to 45 though guys we we skipped a lot feel free to look at more feel free to write in if you had experiences with any of them we'd love to talk about it yeah i would love to hear i'd love to hear from anybody who's played forbidden memories or also Mm -hmm. any of the 5d's gx games if there are any of those that are particularly good yeah or or bad particularly bad any story is fun so Either comment on Twitter um, or send us an email. But before we end this episode, we want to talk about, uh, or I want to ask, Ellie, what is your ideal Yu-Gi-Oh! video game? So we've been talking a lot, and so far it seems to be mixed. So far there seems to be a mix between bizarro plots where you then duel versus games where you kind of just duel. So what would you envision your perfect Yu-Gi-Oh! video game looks like? I have some opinions. Okay, so... So we we suggested this concept that we should talk about this at the end of the episode when we were playing this episode. And I've been thinking about this a lot. Okay, so I have a pitch. Hello. Hello, Mr. Konami. This is my dream Yu-Gi-Oh! video game that cannot possibly exist that they would never say yes to. But this is what I want it to be. So it is based on the main the reason that they would never make this is because this is basically not like a dual monsters game. But My concept is that it is based on the early manga. You are playing as Yugi and you are going through a storyline that is mostly similar to the early manga storyline. And it's kind of mirroring the game of the week type of thing of like season zero in the early manga by being a series of like a bunch of different mini games. That'd be so cool. And then... As you beat each mini game in the story plot, you unlock the mini game for like a free challenge, like a party mode where you're mm-hmm. in like a grandpa's game shop and then you and your friend connect up with each other and like you're Yugi and he's Joey or whatever, like you pick from different characters. But then as you're progressing in the story mode, you can un- unlock more games and stuff like that. That is super cool. Um, So I think that is way better. And I would actually prefer to play that because as we've discussed, I like the Duel Monsters game, but like (laughs) there's already a million games with the card game in it. The game I was thinking about is one that includes Duel Monsters. So I think your idea is by far the best idea. Yeah, because my idea is like there are so many Duel Monsters games already. So most people, when they're hearing about a new Yu-Gi-Oh! video game... They're mm-hmm. going to be like, what does this offer me that I can't get in the other ones? So yeah. my idea is to make something completely like new and different. That'd be so fucking fun. I don't know. I like mini games. They could incorporate the mini games that even show up a little bit in Duel Monsters. Like Taya has like a little DDR kind of mini game section. Bakura's yeah. games come up mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. And then you could also just, there's no reason that Yugi and friends couldn't also play like a game that didn't appear in the manga that would make a fun mini game and you're imagining that you would play as yugi and friends or i'm imagining play? that either you play as yugi or like maybe you play as yourself or maybe you play as all of the members of like yugi's miho gang and yes yeah there could be a cr- character creator so you can play as miho catch me doing my miho playthrough i don't know i'm not sure about the whole plot i just know that i want the basic concept to be no more dual monsters all the the mini game collection in domino city you know yeah okay so it's very interesting because when i was thinking video game i was so i was yet again living through my old annoyance of oh i feel like there's potential for having like you're playing as an npc in the Yu-Gi-Oh world and Mm -hmm. to me i was like i think you could make it more doable a as having it fully customizable but my thing is and this i was envisioning this as a dual monsters game i think this would be like it would be a dual monsters game but a slightly more fun one is that it's fully customizable it actually takes place after the main plot of Yu-Gi-Oh and mm-hmm. I'm not going to spoil anything um but basically you're like an up-and-coming duelist your goal is to duel Yu-Gi-Moto and like he's at this local tournament you want to best the king of games and so first you have to, you have to get enough recognition to get into a tournament that he's in and then of course you have to win the tournament but 
most of it's going through Domino City, kind of like a deck builder, like you start off with basics. And basically, it's a mix between you're going and you're just dueling random people, some people who are familiar, but also you're unlocking like memories and you're running into like old characters. And so there's also options. That's to do- a really cool idea. You could do like bonus challenge duels where you're, this is the place where, um, you know, Yugi and Seto dueled for the first time, and it'd be like, bonus duel. Oh, that's a lot of fun. You do the duel, and you get rewards depending on, like, how, if you meet certain criteria. So, for example, the Ooh, closest, yeah, yeah. like, you hit the same goals that happened in the actual duel, you'll get more rewards. And then you could play as either one. So you could play as Yugi or Seto. That kind of reminds me of the, um... One of the Fire Emblem games, it's Fire Emblem Echoes. They had bonus chapters that were memories of some of the characters that they used to fill in, you know, pre-game backstory. I think they were called, like, Memory Shards or something like that. Yeah. I think that's fun because then you could get into your own character... And then you could also re-experience some of the more famous duels in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, but then hopefully build, like, your own character, your own deck. And then, like, yeah, the end game would sort of be, like, Duel Yugi. I think you should be able to choose who you play as in these duels. Because I think it would yeah, be yeah, really exactly. interesting to be able to twist it around, to turn the tides or whatever. Like, what if, you know, Joey didn't actually win in this one? And, you know, how mm-hmm. that happened and stuff like that. That would be interesting. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I I think if there was another Duel Monsters game, I'd want to sort of play it like that. And rather than be like a totally bizarro reincarnation world or just like a super straightforward thing, just like a love letter to the series, because yeah. that's what I want. In, in, at its core, that's all I want from a Yu-Gi-Oh! video game. I do also think that if we're talking about games, video games in which Yu-Gi-Oh! is featured, we do have to shout out to Jump Force, the fighting game with a roster of, like, various (laughs) Shonen Jump characters (laughs) that does feature Yu-Gi and Kaiba as fighters, which I think is really funny because a lot of people made so much fun of the idea that you're playing as Naruto or Goku and you get beaten up by Yu-Gi and Kaiba, but, like, when they, the way they actually play is just that they summon their top dual monster and it fights you. I'm like, that's exactly what you would expect. So you're fighting the blue eyes. They work the same as the JoJo characters with their stands. Like, it's not that weird. <laughs> exactly. It is just funny because, you know, Kaiba and Yami are just huge nerds and they're like fighting Luffy from One Piece, Luffy from One Piece. The character roster in that game is book wild. <laughs> just a great visual, honestly. Worth it for the visual alone. I mean, honestly the funniest character in that game is light from death note because he's he's just a guy that's true (laughs) but i think he's actually not like a playable character he's just like a story character that would be pretty busted because he would just write his write your little name Okay, I'm pretty sure the plot of Jump Force There's a is plot? that Light Yagami, like, opened dimensions to a bunch of different worlds and is trying to, like, invade New York. I don't know why it's New York. I swear this is what Jump Force is about. But yes, it has a plot. Okay, it was actually Frieza. It was Frieza, Frieza was doing it. I'm was sorry. Attacking. Excuse me. But they're definitely yes. invading New York because I remember watching, like, a video that was like, why the hell are they in New York when literally all, almost all of these characters are Japanese? Wouldn't it make more sense? sense for it to be set in Tokyo. Oh my gosh, Light Yagami is a non-player character. I was right. He's, his Death Note lost his powers and he joins and he's like, I'll be, I'll help plan stuff because he wants his Death Note back. The When the worlds merged, it like made him lose his powers. This is the funniest fucking thing of all time. Oh my god. Looking through these characters, they do, they have Hunter Hunter characters. Yeah. Oh uh-huh. my god, Hisoka. Hisoka! <laughs> I remember the, I just remember that the, the Naruto roster is Naruto, Sasuke, okay, Gara, Okay. Totally reasonable. Kakashi, reasonable. Boruto, reasonable. And then fucking Kaguya, the final boss of Naruto that, like, no one cares about. Nobody likes, yeah. She might technically be powerful, but- I don't think anybody would rank her in even the top five villains. Why- why Kaguya over- any other character in Naruto, like, she is just, she's not a character, she's just a plot Her design is good, but her character is meaningless. Yeah. But yeah, wow, Kaiba wasn't even in the base game. He was DLC. <laughs> they make L. you pay. They've got some great DLC characters, though. Oh, wow, Yu Yu Hakusho? They've got Yu Yu Hakusho people? Okay. Yeah, Yu Yu Hakusho. Wow, Boruto is in the base game. Mm-hmm. That's embarrassing. They got Bleach characters. 
Black Clover. Wow. Okay. Well, I've I've learned so much today about Yu-Gi-Oh! video games. Thank you for going on this adventure with me, Ellie. Yeah, I think we had a fun a fun conversation on this one. I'm I'm genuinely going to open up my Duel Links app and be horrified by what's happening there. And if you don't hear from me in a week, then you'll know what happens. <laughs> RP. Oh, um I also want to say that I if I've done my my math correctly, I think when this episode goes up, it will be almost the one year anniversary of when we started this podcast, which I think is pretty fun. That's so cool. Oh, I think this will go out on April 3rd and April 5th was the first uh, day of yes. the show. So that is cool. Uh, I'm proud of us for making it to a yeah. year. I'm so glad we both stuck with it. And it's been so fun to like... Every time I watch Yu-Gi-Oh, I feel like I get something new out of it, and this more so than usual, just because, like, you know, I'm trying to... It's really fun to just Mm -hmm. sit down and just dissect every little detail. (laughs) So nerdy, but so much fun. And thanks to all of our listeners who have stuck with us as we've gone all over the place. (laughs) Yeah, our next week, we will be returning to regular episodes, and which should be the, um... Yugi versus Kaiba duel in some great content coming up. It's going to be interesting. We should have a guest for that. I'm it's that's one of my all-time favorite duels in the series. I so I agree. I agree. Looking forward to screaming incoherently about Kaiba. <laughs> um tune in and re- get ready for some agony. I'm going to go watch some AMVs <laughs> and I'm going to go play Duel Links. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Battle City Broads. If you have any comments, you can contact us at Battle City Broad on Twitter without the S or by emailing us at battlecitybroads at gmail.com.